Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? And happy birthday, sir. Thank, thank you, Lance. Yes, it is a, a, a glorious day for a variety of reasons, uh, one of which being both Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare, and myself have a birthday. I think... Uh, he is probably ahead overall in life than myself, but I'm not going to complain. Very blessed, very fortunate, and very excited to be here. Steelers Bills coming up. Steelers Bucks behind us. There's a lot going on, Lance. We're at the heat of the preseason. Not long until uh, the Steelers will kick off against the San Francisco 49ers to kick off the 20 2023 season in Pittsburgh, what uh, both of us agree is going to be a big one. So uh, what are we not excited about today? Birthday. Cool. I like that. What's up, Kenny Love? And I was asked, what is the title of the program? How do you pronounce the word? And it's pronounced juicivity. It's the combination of juice, electric, speed, explosion, quick twitch, and power. So it is a synonym of spark, RAS, anything else you want to say. But I coined the phrase juicivity. And what's up, Wes? Wes is chiming in. He's all warm and cuddly and fuzzy to start the day by saying Trubisky and green should be cut. But we're not going to start there. We're going to start with some other very interesting information provided by JT O'Sullivan of the QB school. But before we jump into that in our news and notes, want to say that if you want to participate in the program, go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard. Also, however you get your podcast, do a search for Steelers and the new standard and link and subscribe real quick. Neil. JT O'Sullivan has a website called uh, our YouTube channel called the QB school. Very informative where he does cutups. He breaks cutups down and he breaks quarterback play breaks quarterback play down. So it's a very informative show, former NFL player. And he recently did a video last week about Kenny Pickett. I think he was very complimentary of Kenny Pickett thought Kenny Pickett was progressing nicely. However, he didn't have, kind things to say about Matt Canada. I'm going to read the quote and I want to get your thoughts on what JT O'Sullivan said. And remember, it's your birthday. You can take the gloves off. That's right. Happy 18. Uh, so he wrote the following. So Hank and spacing to get us going. That's what we're doing. Hank and spacing are two play or two concepts. I personally would struggle in an environment like this. Now, I'm sure Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada could care less what I would do. But even as a fan of football, let me just say there is so much but better stuff than that. Those two concepts shouldn't even be in playbooks anymore. There's just so much better stuff, yet we still see it every year. But for this team, this organization, I think they do it more than others. It is two big middle fingers to the drop back passing evolution to what football is and what it should be now. It's pure comedy and pain at the same time. 
Those are pretty damning comments. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much worse you could rip Maple Matt than that, but what's your thoughts on JT O'Sullivan's comments about Matt Canada and the Steeler passing game and its concepts? I'm impressed with his writing ability. Um, that that's that's pretty savage. <laughs> he uh, he echoed a lot. I think of what a lot of people uh, say about Canada, and it's hard to defend it. You, you, what Canada is trying to do, you can't. In my opinion, and this has come up. Cam Hayward uh, weighed in recently too, saying that what Matt Canada called in in their preseason game was pretty vanilla. I think he's probably you know we don't need to look to the preseason for play calling acumen that that's not really what it's about unless you're John Harbaugh trying to win 24 consecutive preseason games they're putting guys in situations it's not really about um ingenuity at that point that said um Matt Canada absolutely is is fair game as far as uh criticism goes up to this point now I I have said on the record many times there's more to it than just the creativity of the play calling. It's, it's not as simple as that. When you have a, a new offensive line that is struggling, learning a new technique under a new coach, you can't throw um, a, an Andy Reid level playbook with Patrick Mahomes under center at, at a team like that. Mitch Trubisky is tragically uh, uh, short of NFL talent at the quarterback position, starting quarterback position. Kenny Pickett was brand new when he came in. Um, they had, as we've talked about, Lance, many times, perhaps the worst starting player in the NFL last season, Dan Less at left tackle. And it's not as if the line improved tremendously around him either. They made a lot of moves to address the offensive line this offseason. There's a reason for that. Um, I'm not putting everything on Canada because I'm not sure Canada had a whole lot of a choice you know, I, I've said this as well. I don't think Bill Walsh could have come in and, and gotten this team to 25 points a game last season. Uh, they probably could have done a better job than they did, but I don't feel uh, right now. Now, ask me in a couple weeks um, where I am with it. I don't feel right now um, we can absolve him of the criticism, but I don't think it's over yet either. I think now uh, he has a, a, a realistic opportunity to put uh, NFL looking functional offense together because now they have uh, talent to do that. They haven't really had that the last two years. Um, before a play was called, I would have told you the offense was going to struggle last season. I don't care who's calling them. They're not nearly as talented as fans want to think that they are. That said, I'm not letting them off the hook either. I'm just saying fairness and savagery. We need to, to kind of look at the whole picture here and not just simply like, all of these players are robots and they're otherwise equal except for the play that's called. That's just stupid. That's not how football is played. Um, JT O'Sullivan makes a lot of good points. Um, he knows far more about football than I do. I, I covered him back in the day. Incidentally, he was a Division II rock star when I was in college. Uh, that said, I, I, I don't think I, – I, I think there's some puffery involved with what he said. It, it's not all of that – um, <laughs> talent is an issue, you know, talent, uh, has not been, uh, apparent within this offense the last couple of years, just because George Pickens makes acrobatic catches doesn't mean he knows how to get himself open. He wasn't open consistently last season. 
Um, Deontay Johnson struggled in, in, in many ways, something else that they have to fix. Bad offensive line. They did not have a good running game for half the season. Uh, two quarterbacks, neither of which you could honestly expect to come in and be uh, the best quarterback on the field in, in any given week. All these things, I think, improved. So there is an opportunity for them to make hay with what they have at a better level. Let's see how the game is being called. Let's see what they're doing. And let's not just say the ball is only going to this portion of the field as if that's the exact play call every single time. There's a lot of that stuff that that we don't know about. Uh, But I I think I have a feeling they will be a bit more uh, aggressive, not so much in play calling, but perhaps in, uh, the quarterback's decision of where to go to the ball, go with the ball, guys making plays after the catch, um, open running lanes, things like that to, to provide more splash plays, which they haven't had. I, I don't think that's necessarily all on the play calling, but I'll, I'll call him out as well. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I would encourage you guys take a look at the QB channel. Uh, it's pretty good. He does a very good job of, of breaking down stuff. And um, he took a look at a couple of rookie signal callers. He looked at, uh, took a look at Bryce Young, Malik Willis, and some other guys. He was, oh man, he was trying to be kind and talking about your Bison, your fellow Bison, Trey Lance. But uh, oh Trey, oh Trey, yeah, it was pretty bad the way he ripped <laughs> Trey. Carson was bad. <laughs> Trey's yeah. killing me now. Yeah, let let's jump into your thoughts about Game One. I wanted to quickly give some PFF grades. For the rookie class, because I thought the rookie class flashed. I thought they acquitted themselves pretty well, particularly uh, Nate Herbig. I think Keanu Benton played very well. Um, And I thought Roger Jones played pretty well. The grades for those players, starting with Jones, was 61.7. Benton was 74. Darnell Washington was 66.867. Nick Herbig was 89, 90 in the green area. And Spencer (laughs) Anderson uh, was at a 56.7. The thing about it, take those with a grain of salt. All the players were at least in the yellow range with Benton and Herbig standing out as two players in the green range. And I think in looking at the game and looking at those players in particular in Benton Herbig, they really flashed. They really looked like they could be disruptive. And the Steelers looked like they may have stumbled upon a couple of gems in this class along with the big names. What was your thoughts overall in a rookie class in this game. I thought Nick Herbig is definitely the one that stands out the most um, and not to downplay um, the, the excellent performance that he had, but I, I think he retired that right tackle. I mean, that, that dude had no business. Uh, you didn't have a prayer and keep your know, Herbig. Herbig is not a big guy as we saw uh, on the field. Uh, he has that get off, which is definitely NFL caliber if you get a quicker right tackle uh, to, to cut off the angle that Herbig won literally on like five straight snaps at one point, um, he's not going to be able to do a whole lot. You can lock into him pretty good, move him around pretty good. He's not a, a starter is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I believe they brought him in as a project. They're going to bulk him up. Um, hopefully he can earn a spot on special teams and, and make an impact there early in his career, but he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And you, you have to be happy for him for that. It was fun to watch. I know that the one, I think the, the most impressed that I was as far as real football um, technique went was Keanu Benton and that, that dude, I, I tweeted this earlier today, that dude belongs. I mean, he's, he's a, a starting caliber nose tackle right now. It would not surprise me if that's uh, what the Steelers end up doing come week one. 
Um, there, there's a lot of guys I think that are going to play uh, along that defensive line, but Benton um, for, for, I don't think anybody was worried about a lack of experience with him, but the fact is he's still a rookie. Uh, he's playing against guys that are probably on his experience level. He whipped them bad. I mean, he, he really beat some guys badly. Um, I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Um, I, I think he might be the best one in this class for what they have. And that says a lot because this is a really, really good class. And, and you're right. We saw that uh, quite a bit in preseason week one. And I was I was surprised by uh, Brojo's pass protection. I thought he was solid for the most part throughout the game. I he, thought he had he a messed up bad on sn- one pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had was... a bad snap. Yeah, he had a really ugly snap there. But I, I, I thought uh, he acquitted himself very well. And you can see, you know, his physical dimensions mm-hmm, are just ridiculous. I mean, he, I mean, he could almost stand on his hands. I mean, it's just. It's just ridiculous. It's a lot uh, to like with him, but I'm I'm not sure if it's there for him day. It, 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 I, I'm fifty fifty with with Brojo. In all honesty, I think he he might be their starter, and I think he might not be their starter. I could make arguments either way, so I'm not sure there's a mistake to make with that. He needs reps. He needs time. Uh, we saw that because if if you watch, and and I think everybody knows the play we're talking about. Uh, his technique on that that fumble that he ended up recovering it was horrible. I mean, it was just like whoa, mental mental lapse. Uh, he's not going to get away with that on on Sundays. So you have to be worried about that. Um, and I, I know how crazy it is for me to say this. It, it might be worth uh, going into the season with Dan Moore as your starter at left tackle because of that. But long term, uh, there's a lot to like with Broderick Jones. Um, they, they knew who he was when they drafted him. I, I said this on draft night. He's not a guy that you can expect to start day one. This isn't Tristan Wirfs, the, the all pro uh, uh, left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was drafted at 12 or 13, right, right in that range. It was obvious he was a day one starter. Wirfs had a lot more uh, experience. He had a lot more uh, now about him. Uh, Jones, Jones isn't now, but he's going to be very soon. And there's a lot to be excited about with him. You know, I think when they make that decision about him starting, and I want to get some more of your observations in general about the whole game, I think you got to look at the floor. What is the floor with the player? The ceiling, we know, is much higher than Dan Less. That's obvious. He's a first-round prospect with incredible physical dimensions and athleticism. So you know the ceiling is higher. It's where is the floor now for both players, and where do you want to start? Is the floor a lot lower for Pro Joe? Is it a lot lower for less? It's just where is that floor and how much of your offense can you operate with that floor uh, for that particular player? But overall, I want to get your overall thoughts of the game. What do you think of the Steelers and their performance in week one? I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, we, we saw a bit out of everybody I think that we would want to see from them. I saw big-time plays. I mentioned Benton before. Uh, my guy, Darnell Washington, um, I, I thought he availed himself pretty well at blocking. Um, did a great job on one play that was that was highlighted. Um, caved in the right side or the left, the offensive left side uh, on a running play. Uh, he shows the functional strength. He shows the athleticism. Uh, you hope he can remain out there and, and uh, contribute something to the team. Uh, Herbig is impossible to miss. I, I really think he was kind of the star of the game. Spencer Anderson, I, I think, is an interesting prospect considering. Um, they, they wanted to bring in a guard uh, on a cheap contract to challenge um, Kevin Dotson's role on, on the team. And I, I think that's important. Dotson's in the final year of his contract. He's set to make $2.9 million. You signed the elder Herbig, Shebig, Nate Herbig, 
uh, to be your backup guard. In fact, as, as we've discussed here, uh, I think they signed him to be their starter thinking that they weren't going to be able to get a guy like Siamalu. Siamalu, you know, whatever found that the market uh, wasn't to his liking, signed a deal with the Steelers. He's going to be the starter, but Herbig is a very valuable uh, uh, backup at two positions now. Um, that doesn't leave you much value in keeping Dotson around at $2.9 million in the last year of his deal. You drafted a kid. Can he come in and serve as yeah. as a you know an emergency reserve and special teams player uh, at a much cheaper cost? Because he's not going to play any more than Dotson would. So you know, to me, it's important to see uh, him getting good reps, um, being worthy of of taking up a spot, playing special teams, which I didn't really get a chance to look at a whole lot. But it, there, there's value in him um, as as he'll continue to progress. Uh, Steelers have have long since developed pretty quality uh, interior offensive linemen from uh, late rounds or undrafted free agency. I think Anderson's going to uh, be in line with that. Um, there's a lot to like with this class. There's a lot to like with it. And uh, we, I think we saw every reason for us to enjoy it. And I really think for me, I, I really think that's the story uh, of the preseason for the Steelers. How are these rookies uh, performing? Um, we're not going to see a whole lot of, of, you know, key guys and key situations, but how are the, how are the reserve guys uh, going to fare? Because that really, that this question was asked earlier, uh, the, the biggest difference the last two seasons compared to this one is this team has depth. They've been adding depth. This is part of the sexy tanking thing, Lance, that we started this whole show with uh, years ago. They've added uh, quality young players at key positions, and they, they've hit pretty well uh, the last couple drafts with, with solid players. Can that put them over the top? I don't know. It will, you know, remains to be seen how uh, everybody improves. But we have to like what we've seen uh, from the younger, uh, you know, the, the rookies and the second-year players on this team. You know, and Claude Bishop, that's a great point. Claude wrote, and big up to Claude and big up to everybody out there that's participating in the program. Once again, you're listening to the new standard on YouTube. Do a search and subscribe for us by using the new standard. Please like and subscribe to the program. And Claude wrote, wearing sunglasses at camp on the field is a bad look. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't see outside without sunglasses. Maybe he's like that as well. I mean, it's not the way he plays, but you, you need to have it to kind of see everything else that's going on. Yeah, that, I, I'm, not, that's, I'm not getting after funny. him for that. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's pretty funny. But when I watched the game, that's why I came up with the adjective juicivity again. Juice and electric, speed, explosion, twitch, and power. And when I look at this team, it looked juicy. I, I thought there was a high level of juicivity when I looked at the game. You know, Pickens, I think he demonstrated demonstrated what he is, elite athletically. I mean, elite movement skills for a wide receiver at that size and showed that he got some separation. Calvin Austin, the third, jumped off the screen. I mean, he is the living embodiment of juicivity. I mean, he's extremely twitchy. Two receptions, 73 yards. Looked explosive on the jet sweeps. Anthony McFarland, juicivity. Great run on the outside to pop it outside, show his explosion. Another guy that showed up to me was our guy Taekwondo. Taekwondo really showed up. His key and diagnose, he was very explosive, got to the ball. Nick Herbig, of course, and even Trent Thompson, I think, showed up in this game. And as you said, and as you see, 
when you look at the Steeler depth and you look at this class, this roster, I think, is jumping out that it looks considerably better. I think you saw that immediately in this game, hence juicivity. That's why I was very excited uh, when I looked at this game. And I, I looked at this game several times, and I keep seeing more and more encouraging things. And the most encouraging thing was the performance of Kenny Pickett. In terms of the three Ps, I thought Kenny looked very good in the pocket. I thought that he looked very poised. I thought that was a rope that he threw to Pickens. Great ball placement. It's a great throw. He, I mean, he looked pretty confident and poised. It looked like, you know, if the season were 18 games, it was game 18. And and that leads me into my next question for you, Neil. What are you looking for in game two? And let me ask you, considering that it's only three preseason games now, are they going to do a little more game planning for this game two? Is it going to be more of a, a trial run of week one? Where they where the coaches kind of get acclimated to some game planning, they put the team through, uh, you know, some installations and some stuff it, that that it looks kind of similar to a week one, although not as comprehensive of a game plan as a week one. What's your thoughts and what you're looking for on that question in week two? Yeah, I mean, as far as game planning goes, you're not gonna you know sit and study film, which I think is really the key component to to game planning. You're not preparing for your opponent as much as you're preparing to do the things that you do uh it used to be a thing it's not so much now just the way the game is played today uh you don't call blitzes or anything like that you've got to do that kind of thing um you have less time to do it because some guys uh could you know make a roster spot based on their ability to run certain blitz packages so they'll do things that are a bit more uh, aggressive i'm sure maybe they play another uh, series longer um, the, the, the starters, the ones that you want to get some fluidity, some work with, uh, top to bottom though. I, I don't think it's, you know, the real dress rehearsal cliche that, that people often, uh, attributed to the old, uh, preseason week three game. Um, but I, I definitely think you want to give your, your starters, uh, or the, the bulk of your starters, perhaps not all of them. You want to give them a good long run, um, to, to experience success and failure and, and, you know, going on and off the field, uh, you have to get used to that. that. That's part of the conditioning um, element to the game as well. You have to get used to the flow of the game, um, making sure you're prepared for that. You have something for that. There's a good long time, though, between uh, their third preseason game and the start of the regular season. So um, maybe they'll save a little bit more for that. I'm not entirely sure. Um, we'll, we'll see. You know, it, it's uh, what I would like to see from it. I, I don't have expectations of any kind. It's just more I, I want to see the rookies play just because I want to get familiar with them. Exactly. Um, and they're fun to watch. You know, it, it, hopefully uh, Keanu Benton's a guy that can play um, a good, solid first half of, of action. He might be my favorite so far. Um, the king, in my opinion, <laughs> Darnell Washington on the field with, with George Pickens would be a lot of fun just for me, just to, to kind of see uh, what the two of them could do together. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an exciting team to watch in a lot of ways. And I don't know if I've said that in the last two years, you know, um, Herbig was a lot of fun to watch. I think I even said that at the time, like, I don't even care about the Steelers offense anymore. <laughs> like just fun. I want to see Herbig back out there. He's destroying <laughs> this poor guy. You know, it, it, that dude had no prayer of stopping him. And I, and to be fair in like a real game situation, they would have, you know, 
they would have schemed something up. They put a tight end in front of her big, you know, don't, don't let him just keep beating the tackle to death, uh, destroyed their entire offense. We all saw that and it was fun to, to watch. Um, those kinds of things I enjoy in preseason. It's not, you know, I don't need a full workup or anything. I'm not evaluating them. Uh, I want to see him go out and play. It's uh pretty, it, it's pretty interesting. It's funny to comment that Tomlin had, about her big he was at saying that does anybody else have any little brothers yeah. that we can draft or that can play for us that 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 that, that strategy that's is great. working <laughs> yes yeah. it is bloodlines bloodlines are real here are a couple things that i'm looking for in a game before i go into that um i'm sorry that I, I waited this long to mention it and i have it written on my notes i want to send my thoughts and prayers and condolences to the family of alex collins young man running back for the Ravens, I believe, died, passed away this week at the early age of 28. That's devastating. I don't think there's been many informa much information come out about what the cause of death was, but I want to send my thoughts and prayers and condolences to the family of Alex Collins. It was a um, motorcycle accident. He, he uh, uh, tragically was killed in a motorcycle accident. Ravens and Seahawks running back and a, and a pretty good uh, pro running terrible. back. Uh, that's yeah, terrible. 28 that's years terrible. Old. That's terrible. Young man, young kid. Um, I have cousins that age. Uh, but the three things I'm looking for in a game, I want to see Project Drones play again, and that echoes your thought and your points about seeing a rookie class. I want to see Joey Porter Jr. get on the field. I want to see Joey Porter Jr. play. Hopefully he'll play. Any reports on why he didn't play? Was he? It's just an injury. Um, okay. I, I heard hamstring. I heard ankle. I, you know, they're, they're, they're keeping it hush-hush because they don't really need to talk about it. So, um, it sounds like he did practice on a limited basis recently. Um, he's looking to to uh, get some time in uh, against the Bills on, what, Thursday, right? Um, it, we have every reason to expect that that'll happen. And, yeah, you know, he, need, he needs some work. You know, I, I know his legacy. I know who he is as a player. Um, it, of this class, he's the one that, you know, the, the first two who were drafted probably need the most long-term work to become – uh, the players that you hope they're going to be. So, right. um, I, you know, I didn't think Porter was going to start out of the gate unless Tomlin just said flat out, throw him out there and let's make him learn on the fly. Uh, I, I don't think he's ready for that, but uh, he, he should field a good amount of snaps this season. Um, this went into a, a cornerback depth as well. I don't think that there's ever not a concern with cornerback depth. Uh, one cornerback goes down. It's almost like two of them. So, uh, yes, there's there's definitely uh, uh, concerns with that. Uh, you hope that they can uh, implement a new scheme, which we've talked about often. Uh, they lost their seventh round pick, uh, our our favorite player, Corey Trice. Uh, he's out for the season. I don't know if he was actually going to play or not, but you're you're stuck with Porter. You're stuck with Wallace and and uh, whatever else they want to throw out there for the guys that they have. I don't know how good that's going to be, uh, to be honest, but. Um, hopefully they are good enough at a certain, you know, scheme wrinkles that they're going to put in that they can be a bit more effective perhaps than they have been. I don't think they've been terrible, but they have certainly haven't been great either. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I also, uh, want to see, and I'm hearing that the safeties that were acquired, KZ is back and I'm hearing O'Neal practice this week. So I'm interested to see, uh, the big nickel package, the three safeties on the field and see what that looks like. Let's jump into a couple of questions before we get out of here, Neil. Very rapid fire. Uh, first question from Claude Bishop. Should the Steelers have a battle for the number two quarterback? Yes or no? No. no. Yeah, we, no. We've seen it them. Matters. Um, <laughs> yes. Kind, 
contracts matter. Um, how about this? I'm not against weighing two options uh, if the starter happens to go down. Um, I'm not against taking a look at that, but Mitch Trubisky was extended. Uh, Mason Rudolph was brought back after he went through free agency uh, at a minimum contract. Clearly they don't see him that way. And the NFL doesn't either. I mean, they, they, you know, nobody else yeah. even tried to sign Rudolph as far as I saw. Um, I, I no, you know, it, Mason Rudolph is going to challenge Landry Jones in terms of career preseason superiority in, in, in the Steelers record books. Okay. <laughs> We've seen everything Mason Rudolph can do. We know he, he's not phased when he goes out there, but he's playing with a bunch of third stringers. Um, he should look pretty damn good. And uh, whether he does or he doesn't, we've seen Mason Rudolph. You know, yeah, it, it's, I'm sorry, it, it, it's over. That's his role. Um, SS, the biggest SS reason Mason. he's on the team, biggest yeah. reason he is on the team is because they can dress uh, uh, three quarterbacks with only two of them counting to the roster. And you saw Tanner Morgan, okay? That's what yes. the options look like behind Rudolph. So put him yes. on the team. That's fine. Yeah, that's probably the battle. The SS uh, the SS Mason has set sail a few years ago. Let's jump into another question real quick here before we get out of here. Uh, let me ask you real quick, because Claude also asked, is a hot dog a sandwich? I say yes. I think a hot dog's a hot dog. You know, it, it can be <laughs> its own thing. You know, usually when you have something that, that's that's so polarizing that we can't decide uh, what it, what are the alternatives? If it's not a sandwich, what is it? It's a hot dog. It's I'm a hero. A hero. I, don't, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, I think it's a sandwich, a hot dog sandwich. How about that? We'll put the two together. Sure. Quick sure. question up here from Robert Cotting. Is Gunner making a team? God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> no, Gunner, maybe, maybe not. I, I, he's not going to play a pivotal role. I know that. And a lot of times that's going to come down to contract. Uh, do they want the veteran presence in there for the sake of uh, bolstering the slot? Is that the position they want Calvin Austin playing? Is Thanks to, to my cohort, Luke, for, for bringing up uh, probably the most electric play of the game that we somehow didn't discuss at all. Um, they played Austin in the slot. They played him on the outside. Uh, I, I've, I've talked about this a bunch of times. Um, he did not play in the slot in college. Okay, He played on the outside. You can't just jump to the slot. It's a completely different position. Um, if they feel he's far enough along in the slot, I'd imagine they'd cut Gunner. That, that's, you know, I think logical to, to suggest that, but I'm not sure Austin's uh, – I'm not sure the specific aim for him long-term is going to be in the slot. I, I think he's a Z receiver, uh, and that, that's what he's played before. And, and we, the play he made was on the outside. Now, granted, Luke can speak more in depth into the, the current career viability of the cornerback that he beat, but uh, he, was, he was less than a man on that snap. Austin blew past him <laughs> like he wasn't – like he was stopped. I mean, that was, wow. That was fun. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, and it was fun here in Rondé. Uh, kind of ripped the corner. It was pretty funny. Uh, but with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the show. And to answer this last question, I'll just answer this. Claude asked again, does every rookie drafted this year make the 53? Yes, I think so. Possibly the only one in question might be Spencer Anderson, who we talked about a little bit earlier. He could he could be a guy that possibly doesn't make it, but 
I, I think that all the rookies will make it this year. Yeah, I, I don't it, to cut Anderson. I think is to keep Dotson. I I don't see why a team would want to spend two point nine million on on a fourth option uh, at, between two guard positions when you can get a guy that won't play at twenty five percent of the price. That's just me. Um, yeah, it's not I, my I, money, <laughs> but yeah. I, I logically speaking, I it, I can see that going either way. Yeah, that's smart money. Your point that you made there. And uh, again, excited for game two. And we'll be back with you again next week, next Wednesday, same time, same bat channel to break down uh, the second preseason game. Hopefully the Steelers will play as well as they did in the first. Again, preseason is not results based, but you just want to see the progression and growth of players on your roster and see how they mature week to week. But with that, we're going to conclude the show. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Please like and subscribe again. Happy birthday to my partner in crime, Big Neil. Happy 18th birthday. Big up to you, Neil. And with that, we're going to conclude the show. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.